0: Hi, welcome to Mobile Interactions Now, the podcast where industry pros share first-hand experiences on making mobile interactions work. I'm Kevin, and I'm part of the team here at Tintech. On today's episode, we have the conclusion of our conversation with Gen 25 CIO, Tim Scheitzmacher. So here's part two of our conversation with Tim. Take it away, Gene. Tim,
1: welcome back to the show. Now, in this episode, as much as you will allow me to, I would love you to kind of take us to the back end of it and talk about some of the technological challenges that we still need to solve and some of the ways how you are solving some of the problems for your customers and what you are trying to accomplish. I mean I, I just want to quickly revisit some of those frontline changes happening on the customer side as well as some of the like boutiques and the, a lot of sales representatives who used to be at the store are now with their phones at home and yeah. and kind of a, making them connect and and still maintain certain relationships and, and still transact and within their constraints and and that takes some work front and and back end.
2: Yeah, so a couple, a couple of things spring to mind. So maybe um, what you see indeed is that a large part of the workforce is sitting at home due to COVID. And they're still part of your company and you can utilize them in a way by providing them access to this customer data as well and give them then the option to, to interact with their customers. So that means that video calling and using WhatsApp as an upsell channel or other social channels i should say is really something that you can use these people that used to be in these retail brick and mortar stores that are now no longer are available you can really use these people to actually interact still with your customers and we've seen that happening with a couple of our customers as well where we made sure that online on their website you can make an appointment for a virtual stylist call and they made an appointment that was put to one of the employees and then instead of going to an actual store you opt on a on a video call and they could present sur- products that they think would suit you. So they ask you a survey up front saying what kind of colors do you like, what kind of products are you looking for. They ask all kinds of questions up front and based on that a stylist or one of the uh, store employees would actually create something like a look for this person and that look would be done at that point shown during this video to the to the customer which of course allows you to brainstorm together with your customer saying i like this but i want it in black or i like this black, just like you do in the store normally i would say uh, and in the end, allow you to do an order on behalf of that customer. So you send them a URL or a link or an email at the end of the conversation saying, okay, we've discussed this. These are the products that we looked at and you said you were interested. It means that you still are enabling your workforce to actually do their job while they're staying at home.
1: I love that example because I, I was really, I couldn't get to my hairstylist and I, I was having a problem. But I, I didn't, I didn't well, a, know. official a fr- a
2: haircut is still very hard, I would say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, you know, having free discussion, because, you know, I moved from uh, my home base, and, and I've been going to the same hairstylist for, for, I don't know, like two decades. And finding somebody new, and if I, before I uh, show up, if I can have some kind of a warm-up conversation, <laughs> and, well, and, yeah. and that, I, w- I would have loved it, and I just didn't know it existed.
2: And, and, and it can be a bot as well, right? So these surveys that we, that we sent up, up front, are actually a sort of a bot because they just go through a flow asking certain questions like color, like style, like those kind of things which allow allow this company to create some kind of profile on your answers. And of course should be included if you interact with something that the bot doesn't understand. If you go to this agent or this employee and allow you to interact with someone in person. On top of that, these appointments can be confirmed as well uh, via the social channel that you're using. So they can send you uh, an invite or a URL saying, okay, we have a call tomorrow, please use this URL. All of this can be automated. So it's only a matter of using the actual conversation that you're having. You only have to prepare that. You don't have to do the whole, whole thing up front, which usually you would do in a store. You would ask someone, what colors do you like? Which is really handy for marketing again, because they know what you like.
1: I would say they should look at my hair request as a, as a general <laughs> sentiment analysis. And I think, I think sometimes that, that will paint a bigger picture about the whole mood that some people are in. The front experience that you are describing. Now, can you tell me what you had to do in the back to make that work? Well,
2: actually, not that much. This is an interaction between a couple of our products, and we've been talking about our social product uh, up until now. But creating appointments is the product that we offer on Salesforce as well. Of course, the customer has to do something on their website to actually include a form or something where you can make this appointment. Nowadays, most systems are low in code. They allow you to create processes and they allow you to do um, low to no code solutions on notifying people. We've been talking about Salesforce in the last, last podcast, but indeed, that allows you to do these kind of things as well, notify someone that, that their appointment has been made, and of course, trigger these events to marketing campaigns, saying, okay, this appointment has been created, we can now send them a confirmation or those kind of things.
1: Let's say we are dealing with, uh, you know, keep going with the hairstyle example, yeah. and let's say there are some people are in the mood for uh, color red, and and having that kind of general trend, that kind of uh, uh, data, to, to have it, to anticipate, are there any easier way these days to, to combine this data to, to inform these uh, choices?
2: Well, of course, with a bot, you sort of predefined the choices that someone uh, might have. But of, you could also ask, and uh, that's part of our solution as well, Is see if there are, is any intent in there. So if they say hair colouring, then we can pull that from from a piece of text saying, okay, hair colony is included in this piece of text and use that as a tag on the uh, on the conversation. So we pull the intent for the from the conversation and based on that, we can do all kinds of things. We can include more AI saying, okay, because you use the word red, we're now di- redirecting you to the, the hair colony section of the bot or you need to forward it to an employee or whatever. It really allows you to, to do more advanced stuff with, with this intense analysis. Also, we do sentiment. I, I, you, you briefly mentioned it, but especially if people become angry, then it might be a good time to redirect the conversation to someone with, who has a lot of experience dealing with angry people.
1: I want to pick on what you mentioned about the whole handover moment the whole automation needs to happen for some business reasons, right? Technology-wise, are we, are we going to get to a point where this is, isn't really needed or is, is this something that we just have to embrace and try to be more efficient with?
2: So I think from a, from a technology point of view, we're sort of already there. So what you see happening is that the conversations are in a certain state. They're either in We're now having a conversation with a bot, we're talking to someone, we're open for marketing, It can have different states. And these states, they can be switched on and off by, in our software, they can be switched on and off by by, by an employee saying, okay, I've done my conversation, so now it's back to the bot to take over, which is the handover. Of course, it's important that if someone does that, that you can see what they have interacted with the bot. You want to see the, the conversation that they had with the bot and where, where it went wrong, I would say. It shouldn't be something in the system, it should come into the system, but not actually trigger a conversation. But you want to know what someone answered and what kind of, well, what we said, what kind of hairstyle they like. As soon as someone is not actively seeking for the personal attention, then you're okay by just keeping that in the bot state as long as possible. So maybe good, we have one reference case that decided to replace part of the frequently asked questions uh, with a bot and people interact with their bot and they found out that 50% of all questions directed to this channel were, so one five were handled by the bot instead of an actual agent or an employee. This allows them to have more time to more efficiency and they calculated that it was up to 70 percent efficiency that they reached by implementing a small bot that just checked the FAQ answers and responded based on the intent of a question with the FAQ answer. So that's a huge huge improvement for the service desk because the service desk and the, the, these people can now work on other stuff at that point. Of course that is a big promotion to bots in general as well. Uh, maybe another example or use case that, that we've seen with one of our customers... is that they are um, not only using AI and bots to automatically respond... but also co-piloting an employee through the conversation. So it's, it's still a conversation that you have with an actual employee. But as soon as they open up the screen, the answer that they should give is already in the text area. and They just have to press enter if they agree. But they still have the option to interact with that text. So they can still say, "Okay, this is not actually what I wanted to say to this customer at this point. But you see that over time, these things learn, as as you just mentioned, and the the software predicts what it has to answer to the customer. And at the end, it's just a matter of getting a certain um, certain level, making sure that the bot answers X amount of questions, X percentage of questions right the first time, and enabling that little answer to be automated. Which allow you to grow in the in the approach on providing more automated flows into your day-to-day work increasing your efficiency as as an employee
1: i'm going to challenge you to be more technical there so when you're talking about this whole having some kind of a predictive engine going on in the background pushing some of the questions and and helping co-piloting because that tells me about where the future is going. It's it's something is being tested. Tell me a little bit more about how the ultimate picture of, of that, if that works out, if, if, it's, if the co-piloting is an interim state. Tell us a little bit about what's happening in the background to make these things more mainstream.
2: It all starts with the intent. So based on the intent, we see what kind of Questions there the, the customer is asking because nobody uses the exact same quen- question they're they're using different phrasing of the same questions of course and usually there's a database of having answers to certain questions in there which is triggered based on this intent so this database is constantly adjusted by uh, someone that is responsible for the content giving the correct answer and based on the intent, we can add different types of intents to certain answers. And at a certain level, uh, you see how many times people use that message over typing something themselves, which increases the confidence level of uh, that message. And if the confidence of that message is increased, then at a certain point, you can decide as a business that if we see that 90% of the time people are using this message out of the box, they don't interact with it at all, they just press enter to send it, that means that we can then go from co-piloting to actually piloting the conversation. And therefore you build up a confidence level over these messages, grow over time, and not only don't have to go full blown out with a bot at the first try. That can grow a bot over time. So it's sort of the bot, it takes over the conversation as much as possible.
1: For previous episodes with another guest, I was talking with a chat designer, a chatbot designer, and talking about how my dissatisfaction with a certain bots, you know, once they kind of answer my first question. After that, the follow-up questions uh, usually met with, I don't understand, would you like to talk to somebody else or, you know, that kind of thing. And I am just not liking it. And why is it so hard to get the following questions, two, three questions, you know, answer versus the first question as a, a developer, his answer was, well, Right now we're good at getting the intent, first intent somehow guided or have the predictive quality to it and address the first intent, but the intent within a conversation, once the conversation starts, that's where it gets tricky. Are we going to get better at this? I would, I would like Most to definitely. see it get better.
2: So maybe, maybe it's good to, to see how we do it, because intent indeed um, usually is determined in the first couple of messages that someone interacts with you in a conversation. Because if you're talking to a company, usually you go straight to the point. You're not going to ask them about the weather and everything. You're, you're going into your point. I haven't received my package. So it's important that the intent not just is determined for a single message, but for a range of messages. And that's what we're trying to do. So we always say, if you look at the first 10 messages, it should determine the complete intent of this conversation. Well, if you look at only one of these 10 messages, that might have a different intent itself. So you want to sort of combine different flows in your bot to combine it into a single message that you then pull the intent from. You see that these bots are just interacting with services that are there. And one of these services is called, give me the intent of this text. And what people tend to do is during this conversation in a bot, they say, okay, I have received a new message. I'm now going to fetch the intent. Well, actually, that's not really what I just said. It's not important to have the intent of that whole message. It's important to have the intent of the whole conversation. And that's where you have to group these messages once again at the end of the conversation and say, okay, the intent of this or the sentiment of this whole conversation was X, Y, or Z.
1: I do want to know what you're currently working on that really, you know, exciting you and in terms of uh, what you can do with the interactions between companies and and, and some of the uh, buyers out there.
2: Yeah, so indeed for me, it's really exciting to see the social channels as being part of a, a complete flow. So the flow I previously described where people create appointments online and then Go into uh, video calling and having conversations via social channels in between to keep up to date with each other as a, maybe the stylist and the consumer. That's something that, that gets me really excited because I think that that essentially is the goal where, where companies should strive for being more customer focused and therefore being more on the channel where, where the customers are provide them with tools that they want to use, instead of pushing your technology into how they should use it. So indeed, be on the social channels that your customer are. If you have a specific market, make sure that you target that market. And maybe a good use case there is one of our customers is Friesland Campina. They're the largest dairy cooperative in in the world. So, they have various brands, and we provide them with tooling ways they can use to both service and use marketing. So, they have agents in multitude of brands in Indonesia in and Mal- Malaysia and Philippines and Hong Kong and Vietnam. And for all these different countries, uh, they, uh, they are using different social channels because in each one of these countries, the, the main social channels is a different one. And we provide them with one tool in their Salesforce environment which they can use to actually communicate through these different channels to their customers based on their different brands and different countries that they're in. What what I also find really cool there is that there's multiple languages being spoken and we determine what language is, so we do language recognition there. And based on that, we indicate that this conversation should be handled by this person because this person speaks that language. that yeah that's a really cool use case that really brought the communication as part of their their brand identities and with that they also allow you to interact more closely with their brands If, if you look into enterprise customers of course there are a lot of people interacting with their facebook page and with their social channels already but if you're a smaller company or maybe not even that small but if it's not a channel that you're actively promoting the volumes usually are pretty okay for you to deal with, especially if you have a contact center in place or a sales center in place. We shouldn't forget that this is also a sales tool. We are mentioning a lot of customer service here, but it's indeed also in the end, a sales tool to interact with potential leads and customers. So it's important to go where our customers want to go. They, they do certain questions, they ask us certain questions and ask us if we can be available on certain channels or if we can extend our service to certain for example, this language recognition is something that really was influenced by our customers to put, put it in there. And you see that our roadmap is really customer driven and new channels are constantly onboarded based on where our customers are, I would say. So we recently had a customer saying, okay, I want to target Russia now with our tooling and fiber is really popular in Russia. Can you please enable fiber? So we're working on that currently. Uh, other thing we're working on is RCS because we really see that as, as the future as well, the new new version of SMS. And that is one of these channels where we go much faster than, than uh, I would say, building something yourself as a company of going with a big software provider that, that has this uh, out of the box, because we can always help our customers in, in finding the the correct way to do things in, in in adding these new channels and adding new functionality to the platform, to the application that we that we are building, to make sure that this application is future proof for for everyone, for us and for them.
1: That was awesome because it, it really it puts the responsibility to you know solution providers like us to really enable whatever is needed. Now, just so that we get to know you better, <laughs> can you tell us, Tim? What are the three things that you do most? You can name apps if you want uh, on your phone.
2: Good question, but uh, I use a lot of Reddit. So I read a lot of Reddit and uh, follow a lot of uh, different subreddits on various topics, including Salesforce, of course. I'm also still a geek at heart. So I play a lot of Mario Kart on my mobile phone. I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but it's true. I play a lot of Mario Kart. And of course, for the rest of the apps that I use, more commonly, I think, is, ever, is what everybody mentioned, is LinkedIn and Gmail and uh, interacting with, with customers and employees and yeah, and the company in itself.
1: Lovely, absolutely. Now, I, I feel like I have to leave you to go back to your Reddit and, and read uh, uh, again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, we're recording this uh, on a Friday and have a wonderful Friday and weekend. And uh, I thank you for talking with us.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me. What's the what's the joy? Thank you.
0: Thanks again to Tim Skymacher for joining us today. You can find out more about Tim and Gen25 at gen25.com. To find out more about Gene and Tintech, visit Tintech.com. Make sure to subscribe to Mobile Interactions Now in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found. On behalf of the team here at Tintech, we'd like to wish you a very happy holiday and look forward to having you join us for brand new episodes in 2021.